0: the USA Today Network, welcome to The Chop,
1: a Rutgers football podcast.
2: Now, here are your hosts, Ryan Ross, Chris Eisman, and Steve Edelson. That's right, it's time for The Chop, a Rutgers football podcast, the final episode of our spring season. We will be breaking down the Scarlet-White game and looking ahead to the upcoming schedule for the Scarlet Knights. We'll also talk a little NFL draft. Ryan Ross here with Chris Eisman. Uh, Chris... 16-14, 16-14, for those of you out there who care about the final score of a uh, spring game, Scarlet defeats White. Uh, in, in a fun game, uh, You know, obviously the, the final score in these doesn't matter. It's more or less about what you see on the field. It's an opportunity, of course, for the fans to see some of the players. Uh, the coaches get to see their players in as close as possible to a real game situation. And There's a lot of takeaways, obviously, as we look at all three sides of the ball. But uh, as we start to look ahead towards the summer and eventually the fall, what were some things that caught your attention in the spring game on Friday?
0: Yeah, Ryan, absolutely. Well, first of all, you're right. The score means absolutely nothing. That shouldn't even be really taken into consideration when you're looking at this. I mean, when you divide a team up in half, a lot of stuff's going to happen. There's a lot of variables in play. So the score doesn't matter. We all know that. We knew that going in. But yeah, it was, it was a really, you know, it was a great weather night. I mean, it was, you know, perfect. And, and I thought the crowd was pretty good. Um, you know, it was about what I expected. It was, it was solid and it was just, a, it was a good environment. As you said, it was good to actually, you know, see a, a game like atmosphere and, and kind of see these players who have, who have brought in, who have been uh, brought into the program. And, uh, you know, we've heard a lot about throughout the spring, kind of actually see them in, in that type of environment and see what they can do and get a better idea. You know, I wrote something today. It's not like, you know, you don't draw any conclusions based off of that game. But you can get a better idea, a better sense of who might be ready to step up, who could be impact contributors, you know, uh, this season or next season, whatever you want to say, 2022. I always don't know. Are we at the point where it's this season or is it still next season? Yeah. I, I think I it's think this it's season, it's, season now. This I season. think so. Now that spring's yeah. happening. Yeah, it's this season. We're moving into this season. So, you know, it's, it's always it's always good to kind of get a sense of, uh, you know, who, who's ready for that role. And I, I you know. I'll, I'll let the listeners of the podcast decide what this says about me and my life. But I actually I rewatched the game a couple of times this weekend um, to get a you know, because when you're watching it live, you miss a lot of things. And mm-hmm. and there were some things that stood out, you know, rewatching it that that I didn't see on Friday night. And so we'll talk about that more. We'll get into some more detail about these position groups. But definitely, you know, there was there were some good things and there was some uh, kind of a lot of what we expected, some things that we didn't expect. But, you know, overall, I thought it was a, it was a good night for Rutgers and definitely some things stood out about what
2: this team might be able to do yeah and you said it chris you know this this spring session these spring practices and of course uh, the game Friday, really nothing set in stone yet. As you said, these these games, these scrimmages, and there were other scrimmages, of course, over the course of spring, uh, to give the coaches an idea of what they have in front of them. You have all these players coming in. You have guys that were here last year. You have guys that are new to the program. You have new coaches to the program. You have coaches in new roles within the program. There's a lot of new, and there's a lot of you know information to take in in front of you. So to kind of have these games, to have these scrimmages, it's an idea for coaches to know what they have as we head into the summer and into the fall to get ready for the regular season uh, i've said it all along it's a fact finding mission and it's you know nothing is set in stone uh, especially at the quarterback position but uh, nothing set in stone but this is to give you an idea of what you have and what you can build upon
0: yeah no doubt and and look i've said it you know throughout the spring on, on these podcasts i mean this is a team that for the first time since since Shiano's come back that we really don't know what exactly they're going to look like you know when the season opener at Boston college was around, there's a lot of positions up for grabs. There's a lot of young players who I think have a, have a significant potential. And the one thing that did stand out. And I, I think that anybody kind of watching that game the other night would, see, would say this and agree with it. You can see that there's a lot more speed. There's a lot more athleticism in the program. There's more big 10 caliber talent that I think is going to go a long way. They're young and they're going to need to learn. And, you know, I was, I asked, you know, the linebacker depth is, is for instance, really thin. And and we know that, especially if Mohamed Ture, um, his injury is severe. And Greg Shiano said that they won't know that for a few more weeks about, you know, it's basically either going to be he's going to need surgery and he'll be he'll be out for probably the season or he's going to be able to play and he'll be there. So we don't really know what his, his situation is yet. We obviously know that Moses Walker is likely done for the season with that torn ACL that he suffered in spring practices, the linebacker depth is, is thin. And Tyreen Powell notably didn't suit up the other day. We're not exactly sure what that is. I I don't, but it's, it's, he didn't play in the spring game. So, but he should, I believe he'll be, he'll be fine for the once training camp rolls around, but um, we, we certainly don't know, you know, what they're going to do about that, whether they're going to move guys around to the linebacker or whether they're going to look to the portal. Greg Shiano kind of says that all options are on the table. But you have two guys in Austin Dean and Anthony Johnson who played pretty well the other day. Anthony Johnson is, is an early enrollee. I mean, he's, you know, he's like Gavin Wimsatt. He's going to his high school graduation in a few weeks. Austin Dean's in his second year in the program. I thought that they played pretty well. And, you know, this now offers opportunities for some of those young guys like them to kind of step up and to have some big roles. But I, the one thing that did stand out, is again, is, is linebacker depth is definitely thin. And I think that's something that, that you know, they'll address uh, in the coming months and weeks.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and and you know it's it's again just trying to to see what's in front of you and, and building upon what you've able you've been able to establish in the spring and especially at the linebacker position, uh, some holes that might need to be filled. Of course, you know not by choice, obviously, with some of these injuries that have happened, but uh, an opportunity to see what you have, see what you have further down the depth chart, and now Greg Schiano and staff can kind of go from there. Uh, as for the quarterback position, we mentioned them a little bit before. Uh, just some of the stats for uh, the Rutgers quarterbacks were. That's obviously the position that that makes your program go and I think that was the position that the fans were most excited to see but Gavin Wimsat uh, 9 for 16 118 yards and a touchdown Evan Simon 12 for 19 with uh 109 yards and Vegrel 5 for 8 for 80 yards and a touchdown um up and down some things you like to see from the quarterback some things that certainly need to be ironed out still here's what Greg Schiano had to say
1: Uh I think it was very similar to what I thought all spring I thought it was Really good at times and then inconsistent at times. Um, We need to have a great summer. And, you know, the hard thing about spring is you're on, you're off, you're on, you're off. You know, these guys in the summertime, they throw with each other every day on their own. And that's really where the formulation of the chemistry, I think, occurs. You know, uh, no coaches, just them running the show. And uh, I I look forward. I, I, you know, we'll take a little jump here into recruiting and some other things. But I really am excited about this group going into the, into the training camp part of our preparation because they're young and they're hungry. And they got a lot to learn, but they're really trying to learn it. So that's exciting for a coach.
2: That's kind of what we've heard all spring from Greg Schiano, the audio there from Rutgers, but consistently inconsistent. That was his line from a couple weeks ago. Uh, more of that, it seems like, from this spring game, no quarterback really distanced themselves in the race. There's no one coming out of this that you say is the clear front runner. It's kind of still up for grabs, and we'll have to figure things out. The Rutgers staff will have to figure things out uh, as they head into the summer and into the fall.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, I kind of always expected that, this was going to continue into training camp, but unless somebody really came out the other day and just had an incredible performance and and made it crystal clear that they're the guy I, that obviously did not happen. This will continue into camp. This, this three player competition again, as, as Shiano said, and I kind of, you know, I was kind of expecting the same thing. It was kind of like, you know, I figured it was going to be a little bit up and down, you know, especially at this point, you know, the spring. and, And that's kind of the way that spring games can be sometimes, especially for these quarterbacks when you have two younger guys trying to battle for that spot. I didn't think anybody played poorly. I mean, I I think that, you know, everybody had some – they all had some good throws. They all had some throws that I'm sure they'd like back. Um, but obviously all eyes were, you know, on Gavin Limsat who was playing in front of the home crowd for the first time. I thought overall he looked pretty good. I mean, listen, did he have some throws that that were, you know, inaccurate? Yeah, of course. And, you know, he had, he had an interception that he just overthrew. Uh, the receiver, Christian Gemmel a little bit uh, it was too high. It ended up in the hands of, of Damon Matthews. I'm sure, I'm sure he'd like that one back, but that's just the learning experience for him. And if you saw right after that, he threw that interception, Greg Shiano was talking to him over on the sideline. I'm sure trying to, you know, give him some, some teaching points there. Um, and then that's what this, the spring game is all about. That's what the spring game the spring overall is all about is just learning. Um, but I thought that, you know, Wimsatt had some really good throws. I mean, you can see that he's got a cannon of an arm. I mean, he throws, he, you know, he throws a good ball. I mean, there's no doubt about that. And, and he's got all the potential, um, to be a really, really good quarterback, I believe in the Big Ten Conference. I think that was on display the other night. Um, you know, and he'll continue to get better, and he'll continue to grow and develop. And he looks more poised out there. And, and you know, we talked to him afterward, and I thought he, he's a he's a thoughtful kid. You know, when he, he you ask him questions, you know, he takes time to consider his answers and thinks about what he wants to say. Um, you know, you can kind of tell that he has the makings of a leader for the team. You know, as that continues to develop. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, you know, it was up and down for everybody. And again, that's kind of what I expected. And and it's going to be now, you know, interested to see, you know, what happens in
2: camp. And it, it sounds like from what Greg Ciano said just there too, that playing more consistently will benefit all three of these quarterbacks that, you know, he mentioned the spring schedule kind of stops and starts, and it's not really a consistent everyday schedule like you see in the summer heading into the fall. So it almost sounds like he's hopeful that the you know some of the habits, some of the the mistakes that were made will get ironed out just from doing it more often, just from getting more reps and in, in the fall more consistent reps. Uh, it certainly sounds like that's what he's hopeful for when it comes to this position. Yeah, and absolutely. And don't forget too. I mean, you know, you look at a guy like Gavin Limpsat Not
0: only is he adjusting to college football, but he's also taking classes. You know, I mean, he's the finals are coming up, and um, I mean, so there's a lot going on with these guys, and and so I'm not surprised that there's just. A lot to take in right now and it's it's a little bit of a stop and start type of schedule as, as Shiano was saying. So that's why when training camp gets here, it's all football all the time and that's where they can focus on. So, you know, I think that'll be valuable for WimSAT and also Evan Simon too. You know, he's right in the heart of this competition. Um, you know, Shiano all, always, you know, mentions him and, and includes him in this in this battle. Um so again, you know, we'll we'll see what happens in camp. But you know, up and down the other night, um, like I said, made some good throws, made some throws I think that they like back, but Certainly, um, you know, this will
2: continue. Here's, uh, what Noah Vedral had to say about his play and the play of the quarterback position.
0: I thought we did good. I mean, it's good at the end of the spring to get a chance to go out there
2: in front of the fans and kind of like show off what you've been working on. It's fun to get a little bit of recognition and get a cheer once in a while. That that means a lot to us and all the fans that came out. It was awesome. It was fun to see the stands full. Uh,
0: so I thought they did well, uh, coming along. Everyone's got a lot to learn. We're all still trying to to get better day by day. So I was proud of them. And, uh, It'd be great tape to watch
2: and learn from. Yeah, great tape to watch and learn from there. And certainly all three quarterbacks have something to learn uh, after this spring game. But uh, we'll see. Obviously, this will be something when we, we come back in the fall and we start doing more episodes for the regular season. We'll still be talking about the same things for sure for this quarterback battle. Uh, as for the rest of the, the positions on the field, Chris, uh, you mentioned it a little bit at the top, the speed both for the running backs and the wide receivers, uh, something that Rutgers has been building on the last few years, uh, something that they really need to compete in the Big Ten. When you go around this conference, it is a fast conference, and they are going to need skill possession players that have the speed to to break a game open, to make that big play a, a bona fide playmaker, something that, you know, you could argue they've they've shown flashes of in the past few years, but to be able to continue that, that's so important for this team, especially when there's a question mark at the quarterback position.
0: Yeah, no doubt. And, you know, they didn't have enough speed, enough athleticism in the last few years at some of it. And obviously we know who those guys are and, and they're replacing Bo Melton, who we'll talk about later when it comes to the NFL draft, but he's he's his production is not going to be easy to replace, but they brought in someone – they brought in two receivers who had a really good night the other night, especially one in Taj Harris, the Syracuse transfer, transfer, um, Palmyra High School grad. is Beverly native, so he's back home in Jersey. Um, he really – I thought was impressive, and I, I think he really showed that they've got a real legitimate weapon there uh, for this offense. I mean, his his first, you know, first catches was a 18-yard t- touchdown catch from uh, – Noah Vedrill. Um It was a back shoulder throw. Harris made a really good adjustment in the end zone uh, to reel it in. Uh, he played really well. And, you know, he showed that he's got a lot of athleticism. He's got that speed that Rutgers will need. I thought he was impressive. And I thought Sean Ryan made some nice plays, too. So those two guys are going to go a long way, I think, having them within that offense. And then you look at guys, too, who are already here. I mean, I think Shameen Jones, you know, he's a veteran guy. He's got a lot of experience. He's been around a long time now. I think he should you know, continue to take steps. I think he's ready to do that. They'll need him to. And then obviously, you know, I mean, Aaron Krukshank is one of the fastest guys in the big 10 and has gotten better as a receiver, you know, last season. And he was out for the spring as he continues to, you know, uh, heal from surgery. And Greg Shiano said in an interview the other day with big 10 network that he's on the men, he's looking really good. You know, so they're looking forward to getting him back on the field. And then, you know, Josh Youngblood, I mean, has gotten better and he's got a ton of speed and, Younger guys like Rashad Rochelle and Max Patterson, who I think, you know, down the line at some point could really be solid contributors, too. So there, there's guys there that I think really are going to have a chance to elevate this offense. And and I think that that's going to be a big deal. But certainly, you know, you bring in a guy like Taj Harris. I think watching the other day, I, I was kind of thinking to myself, like, yeah, this is, you know, if he plays like this in the season, Rutgers is, is going to be maybe in, in this offense will be better than we even expected um obviously the lot's going to fall on the quarterback right um you know can can they get those throws down to them but uh one thing too that the offensive line looked a lot better i mean that was it was i don't want to say it was night and day but it was significantly improved and it's tough to tell because the guys are kind of split up all you know on two different teams so it's tough to tell exactly who's going to be where but i think overall i mean they looked more like a big 10 line just because of their size and their strength um and it was it was better and they were creating holes for the running backs so they were giving the quarterbacks more time in the pocket so i i think that's going to go a long way but you know going back to the receivers i bringing a guy like harris and another one like ryan i think that's going to you know elevate this offense you know considerably
2: yeah harris uh five catches 49 yards and a touchdown ryan four catches for 48 yards uh you mentioned jones three for uh 67 young blood two for 29 so was certainly a lot of guys contributing here's what greg Schiano had to say about his wide receivers
1: i think they're really going to help us um you know, they come in, they join Shameen and then a host of other guys. Um, we lose a really fine player in Bo as he leaves for the NFL. And I think it's really important that what we did through the portal, supplementing what we already have here. We have some young receivers that are going to be really good, but they may take a little while to get there. And uh, to have some experienced guys now on the squad, that, that helps a lot.
2: Yeah, and something that we've talked about all spring, something that we've heard Greg Ciano talk about all spring, kind of the the combination of yes, it's still a work in progress, but then on the other side, certainly does help to have some experience with the new guys coming in.
0: Yeah, no question. And and you know, I mean, J.D.
2: Dorenzo, you know, the Hamilton uh, native
0: who played at St. Joe's Academy, he's he's uh, you know played a long time at Sacred Heart and was a good player there and had a ton of offers. I mean, could have gone pretty much. It seemed like he could have gone anywhere when he was in the when he was getting uh, offers when he was in the portal. Um, and then Curtis Dunlap Jr. I think is going to be a really nice addition for them. Um, you know, he, he played at Minnesota, so he's got Big Ten experience. And then, you know, it's interesting, Ireland Brown, they've moved to center. And I asked Ciano about that, and they said he's just – he's really adjusted to that well. Again, he was a guy who last season during the, during the year – during the season moved over from defense to the offensive line because they needed to bolster that depth. And he really handled that move well. And now he's moved that moved uh, over to center, and he's adjusted well. And Chiano thinks that with him and Gus Linskis, uh, who's going into his second year in the program, uh, they have some good depth there. So, um, you know, I think that they have the pieces to really to really take a step. And, and Chiano will, will say every time that it's not where it needs to be. It's it's that as you said, Ryan, it's a work in progress. This is a multi year project. But the fact that they brought those guys in. Um, it's significant, and and I think that uh, you know you have a coach like Augie Hoffman too, who's a very good coach, a former offensive lineman himself, spent some time in the NFL with the Saints, as we've mentioned before. So I think that they have the potential to really
2: take steps forward, and and quite frankly, and to put it you know straight forward, they're going to need to, right. And it'll be something, of course, that you know we continue to talk about as as training gap starts in the summer and we get ready for the fall season. We'll be talking about it in the fall as well as we start to see these players in game situations. Maybe new guys emerge. Maybe players that were, uh, you know, penciled in as starters don't work out. It's always the mix and match that happens over the course of a season. But as we wrap up the spring here, Chris, and before we get to the NFL draft, uh, just as we end the spring session for these Scarlet Knights. Your takeaways and maybe some things that you're looking forward to and maybe fans can follow along uh, as we get ready to start practicing for the real games.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, we're going to have plenty to talk about over these next few months. And it's it's what's today, April 25th. So roughly three months, I'll be getting on a plane to go to Indianapolis for the Big Ten Media Day. So it's going to go quickly. There'll Be news over the next few months. Um, you know, the transfer portal is always there whether or not players leave Rutgers or come into Rutgers, as we as I said earlier with the linebacker depth, that's something to watch. Um, players have to have their written requests into their schools by May 1st in order to receive immediate eligibility for the 2022 season. Um, if they do it after that date, they would need to receive a waiver. So, this is a big week. Um, it's going to be a little hectic, I'm sure, across all college football. We'll see, you know, how Rutgers plays into that, how much, how little um but that's obviously gonna be something to watch and we'll have plenty of you know more content coming in the next few months just to kind of preview what's 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 to come with training camp and you know continue to kind of dissect what we saw this spring and and some of the guys that they brought in so plenty to talk about for sure but you know listen we'll you know we'll see what this team can do and and as i said it's a young program they have a very very difficult schedule i mean it's it's the big 10 east obviously we know that but on the crossover games i mean you have to go up against teams like iowa and minnesota it's not easy and um so you know, I, I think that there's going to be a lot to talk about when you look at who's here now and what this program is and kind of the state of the team and, and what they have to face, um, you know, this season.
2: Absolutely. And, you know, we'll continue to follow that, obviously. Give Chris a follow. Follow him on Twitter and NorthJersey.com and APP.com because even though the spring is officially ending now, certainly uh, no shortage of news and going uh, goings on with the Scarlet Knights. So the next big football event, I guess you could say, a crossover event, college and pros meeting. It's, of course, the NFL draft coming up later this week. You heard Greg Schiano mention Bo Melton before, a guy that we've mentioned on this podcast as a, a future NFL player. All signs seem to be pointing to that. But the question is, Chris, uh, what players from the Scarlet Knights can fans start to look for in the draft when might they hear their names called? It's, it's always a point of pride. We mentioned this before for, for both fans of the program and for the program itself to go to these recruits and say, hey, you, we're sending guys to the NFL. This is where you want to play college ball. And it's a nice thing for fans as well to, to follow some of their favorite players from high school in some cases to college to the pros. So who are some Scarlet Knights that uh, will be jumping up to the league maybe this weekend? Well, yeah, as we said,
0: I mean, Bo Melton's the guy that I think everyone's going to be watching. I mean, what he did at the at the combine with his time in the 40, um, he really, really impressed. And, I, you know, I've also heard that he, he did really well in the interviews, too. So I think that he's a guy who really wrote, you know, helped his, his draft stock. And, you know, listen, this time of year, I mean, mock drafts, it seems like everyone, literally everyone has their own mock draft. <laughs> and they revise it daily. And then you just kind of figure out, OK, well, why don't I just wait to the actual draft to see where this guy goes? But anyway... It'll be probably, I would say there's a good chance that he goes anywhere between the fourth and sixth rounds, you know, to, that really narrows it down. Right. Um, but it kind of like anywhere in that range is kind of where he's projected to go. Maybe a little bit earlier, maybe, you know, we'll see, but certainly I think he, he has a real potential because of that speed. You know, there's some things that, you know, is he, is he big enough, but I think that his speed and athleticism can help an NFL team. So I, I would expect him, you know, to go anywhere there. I, I certainly expect him to go at some point in the draft. And, and that's going to be obviously the big guy for Rutgers to watch um, you have a guy like Isaiah Pacheco, who I think has also impressed and had a great performance at the combine as well. I think he's got a shot to be drafted. Um, Ola Kunle Fadokasi was one of the better, you know, big 10 linebackers, um, you know, in, in the, in the conference last few years, led, led the conference in tackles a couple of years ago. So he's really, he's got a shot, I think, um, you know, maybe like a guy like Julius Turner, who was undersized a bit at, at that nose guard position here at Rutgers. But, you know, he obviously also impressed. He's got some, some athleticism and, for that role. Um, so that, you know, Rutgers has, has some guys who, who are, you know, hoping for that shot and we'll see what happens. But I think obviously, you know, going
2: into this Bo Melton,
0: is the guy that, that has the, the best shot. Um, and, and I think that fans are, are going to be watching the most because I think he can help an NFL team.
2: Yeah, plenty of receivers have come out of that, you know, four to six range and become stars. You know, it, it's it's nothing's guaranteed. It's the NFL draft. Uh, sometimes you hit a home run on some of these late picks, and sometimes those early picks, guys that are supposed to be stars, don't work out. So no one really knows, but it certainly seems like uh, uh, quite a few Rutgers guys will get a shot. They'll get a shot to, to join a team and to, to prove themselves in training camp, and maybe they stick with the team that drafted them. Maybe they're released and they sign on with another team and catch on there. We don't know, but it's certainly a fun thing to watch and something that we'll be tracking as well. So that is going to wrap up our spring season of The Chop. Seven episodes. Thank you so much for listening along the entire spring. We might have some news. We'll see what's going on. If anything big happens, we'll hop right back on here and do a a couple special edition episodes as needed. But of course, we'll be back in the fall to preview the Rutgers season, the regular season underway. And then once we get started in the fall, we'll be doing this every single week, breaking down the game that happened looking ahead to the game coming up we'll have special guests and interviews as well on the show so you certainly want to continue to follow if you're a scarlet knights fan because we'll be here every week in the fall we're looking forward to that of course like i said continue to follow along with chris follow him on twitter on app.com and northjersey.com. because just because the spring is over doesn't mean the news has stopped for this program thank you so much for listening the entire spring for chris eisman i'm ryan ross and we'll talk to you next time on the chop